You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. For a number of weeks. So here it is in Shulchan Aruch, Tav Peites, Tav Peites. Ve'el sheni achart vivas arvis, maschilin lisfor ha'omer. So we know this is the mitzvah sfiras ha'omer. And you can see from the Shulchan Aruch that it says it should happen after Arvis. Okay. Now, right away, the question is, why don't we count the Omer before Marv? Okay. So let's take a look at the Mishnah Brewery. He's going to explain this very nicely. Uh, again, you're going to tell me, Todder, Shana Todder. Let's take a look and see in a minute. Akart Tfilas Arvis, says the Mishnah Brewery, Vakodim Olenu. It should be before Aleinu. Why? Because Aleinu, essentially, although it's, it, it is Tefillah, it's really not, doesn't have the Chomer HaTefillah of the Shemot Esrei, which is what Tefillah Sarvis is. That's what Tefillah Sarvis is, essentially, the Shemot Esrei. And therefore, even though Tefillah Shemot Esrei comes before, Kol Ma De'Efshar Lakadume Makta Minon. The Mishnah gives us a principle that you should try to have the Sphira Somer be the first possible thing you can do as the day begins. Because remember, you're counting the day that's happening. So you want the counting to occur before the day. Obviously, it's going to be impossible to have complete Tmimus, uh to have it exactly. But at least by saying the Omer early, you're going to be able to have Tamimos Tiyana. Okay? Now, um, so why don't we do it even before? Why do we dive in Mara first? So, take a look here at the Mishnah Bura here, at the uh, Ber Halacha on the side, make it a little bit bigger. Achar Tvilas Arvis. Kosim is Sefer Moruk Now, that was the Sefer written by Rabbi Yaakov Emden on uh, the tour. It's not a safer on the Shulchan Aruch per se. It's on the tour, Shulchan Aruch on the tour, on Rabbi Yaakov Balaturim. Bitam the safer in Acharatvila, because Rabbi Yaakov Endon's assuming that it should be done before Tvila. Mishum, because if you're talking about Tamimos, <laughs> then do it even earlier. Mishum, the Bidoris Harishonim, Hoyaminik, Lispao, Arvis, Kodamalaila. Because most of the time, in many of the shuls, as it was in the time of Chazal, Mariv was done before it was really night. And then once they were finished Mariv, and they would start going out, that's when it was probably nighttime. So you say from Bedin, So you see the, the clear mashmaut of Rabbi Yaakov Emden's statement is, is that Sfira Saomer should happen before Mariv, but in the time that the Shulchan Aruch was even written, it was still following the minute of Chazal that Tfilas Arvis was being done early. Therefore, do it after Marv, because this way, once again, you're getting the Tfilas Aimer at the earliest possible time you can do it, because you can't do it before it's really night. In other words, the Chak Yaakov seems to disagree. 
Now, the truth is, I'm not sure if I have to. I haven't looked in Rabbi Yaakov Emden in a long time. I'm not sure if he even mentions this Chok Yaakov. But the Mishnah Rura putting these two opinions uh, up on the same scale here makes us see that they. He seems to imply there's an argument. But what Rabbi Yaakov Reicher says, even if you'd be davening Mariv Bizman later, even if you've been davening Mariv Bizman, you should count. You should daven Mariv first. Because of the musik of toder b'sheino toder toder kaidem, right? Because you have two chiyuvim to do. One is to do the mitzvah of sfira. One is to do the mitzvah of uh, of tefilas harvest, including perhaps kriyashma as well. <laughs> so, because of that, what you're going to do first is the mitzvah satidiros. So, what I get from Yaakov Emden is that he feels that that would be true normally with other mitzvahs. For example, uh, what should, which which laning should happen first? Should it be the laning of the week, or should it be Rosh Chodesh laning? Okay, Tater Veshenu Tater. Okay, so you you have Tater Veshenu Tater. You have two Kriyas Ateres. Which one should come first? So that's the principle we learn out from the Karbonis that the Tumid was done first before the Hisophis of the Karbon. So it's a it's a Kalal a Yisoy that we learn from the way things were done in the Beis Hamikdash. That is the way things happen in terms of mitzvahs as well. But there. The, in, the, in that case, the Torah doesn't write specifically, do this one first. Mashain came when it comes, because it doesn't necessarily mean, again, it's not so, but here, when, when it comes to Sphere of Sa'im, Rabbi Yaakov Emden feels, since it says, the whole mitzvah is to be done as, as early as possible, that the counting should be on a complete day. So you can't tell me Tadir Vashenu Tadir. Here the Torah specifically writes it in a way by saying to me that we want a com- as complete a day as possible. That's what Rabbi Yaakov Emden holds. So we'll come at an Afkamina I don't know if anybody would ever follow Rabbi Yaakov Emden. But we'll come at an Afkamina La'alocha that according to Rabbi Yaakov Emden, if you would be davening Marev late, you should count to Imer first. Because that would be the best way to Mekayim, the mitzvah of Tamimais. Okay. As you know, again, uh, Michael will, will let us know for sure how it works. But the in, in, in Elizabeth, generally, I believe they do it before Aleinu, unless there is a reason to say the Kaddish uh, for a yard site or something like that, or they or they think they're too early. Uh, again, it's 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 again, uh, I'm, my brain isn't working so well here, but I do remember that generally, if things are normal, they count. Right, they count right after Shmanes, right after the Kaddish Peskabel, before Olenu. That's the normal thing, the way it's done here in the in the Mishnah Berurah. That's the way it's usually done in Shul's. Yeah. Right, Michael. You're you're you're, you're correct that uh, what the, the Minog Elizabeth basically is trying to do is to have <laughs> a Mizmor Tehillim after, you know, before you say Kaddish. Essentially, the the idea is that you're having that extra Kaddish because you had a Kaddish of the yard side, so you want to have another Kaddish for everybody else. So the idea is, you didn't, at, at that point, you count the Omer and you have, you know, uh, the, the Mitzvah that normally is said after Sfiras Omer and, and so you have the Kaddish. Right, so... I just want to throw something in there. And this is something I, I, I constantly talk about with, with, with Rav Taitz when I have a chance and, and I've talked about it with Rav Hearn many times. There, there seems to be a Minog in Elizabeth also to try to postpone Mariv uh, that, 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 that first night of Shavuos, make sure that that's after Nach, so that way you can have Tamimos. Right. I, I never understood that. That's also, it's like going back to, to, to Breuer's, I, I, and they never did that. Why? Because that's not really what Tamimos is all about. As you mentioned, Tamimos is just, you're trying to fulfill the Shiva Shabbosos. Right. In terms of the counting. 
But not the end. In other words, why does it have to? In other words, that's in terms of the counting, not in terms of when I start Yontif of Shavuos, right? That's that's exactly. your point. Yeah, yeah. Again, so I should, just to clarify the minute of Elizabeth for people who are listening, that Michael just said that there is a there is. We're going to see here in the, in the Shulchan Aruch what was the minig after the sphere to do to say various bakoshos and tefilos. So there is a, a, a perkei tilim, a perk tilim that is said, and therefore, in order in a situation where there's a yard site, um, what they will do is uh, give the yard site his kaddish, I think, after Oleinu, and then count the oimer. So that will be the 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 uh, instead of the random, whatever was the, the thing that they've picked to be the, the Ludovic Mizmor that should be for the uh, the Tehillim in order to say Kaddish on for everybody else who's not a yard site, uh, together with the yard site as well. So that's the reason why they do this for Yerushalmi afterwards. It is somewhat interesting that that's the way the Minigas developed. But anyway, um, let's talk about um, another important thing about the mitzvah of Sfiras HaOmer. Just do one last thing here in the Ber Halach and make it a little bit bigger. Okay, we have to count the Oymer. Okay, we'll take a look at the Mishabura. Hinei das ha-rambam v'achinuch shunoeg gam ato. That this is a mitzvah you can actually fulfill from the Torah even now. Okay, and that could be another reason, by the way, when we talk about the idea of which one you do first. In other words, the question of Mariv, which is only the Rabbonon, uh, especially if it's not Zman Kriyashma yet. Again, so it's, it's sort of an open question here, which one you the first. But anyway, let's say, is the mitzvah of Sphira Saibim and Atayr or not? So he says, the Rambam and the Chinuch say it is, even today. Now, the fact that the, the Chinuch follows the Rambam is not so surprising. He, the, the book is basically built on the Rambam. We don't even know who the Sefer HaChinuch is. Uh, we're not sure. We know it's a Rishon. We know it's a very respected book. But again, the Mishabur is having his, in his usual way, he's creating the Machlekes in the Shittas. In, and it's based on the Sugyan Menachos and Abayah Shita there and others that it's only it's only at the Rabbon and it's only a Zecher she Krivu Oimer because there they actually mark of the Omer on the second day he read If you look to this Simon and Shulchan Aruch which we're going to be learning again tomorrow you'll see that the Poskim hold that it's really only the Rabbon and in many ways uh, in terms of what we make or the fact that we do it earlier uh, okay. Be'emes, so that would mean a lot of kulas if it's if it's the rabbonon, right? Okay, like be'emes harambam gamkein lav yichidohu b'daytay. The rambam is not the only one, and of course, Sefer Chinuch is just as always. You know, the rambam is always going with the rambam. Shegam das Rabbeinu Yeshayakein ayin b'shibo yaleket reish zim and reish lamedalid. Again, Rishai was one of the baliatesis from Italy. The the tesis read. Uh, the Taisus Rids, uh, that's what he's known as, Rabbi Shaya, or it could be it's his grandson, Rabbi Shaya, the younger Rabbi Shaya. Uh, but I think it's the older one. That's the brother of the Shibali Aleket. Shibali Aleket is also from Italy, by the way. That's one of the most famous German Paiskim. Uh, gener- about a generation or so after Rashi. If he agrees or not, but he, these are all the opinions that hold that it's Minatera. Then he even goes even further. Gain with the Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Amram, Rabbi Tzkeus, Shehiskin with the Vreyim, Uva Beiter. 
What's the proof? What's the proof that they hold it's Minatayra? We'll see in a minute. It says that if you don't count, these are the shitas that hold. A lot of people don't like to hear this, but these are shitas that hold. That if you don't count at night, in other words, you didn't count at night and you forgot till the morning, you've lost your mitzvah. Hmm. So therefore what? Mashma from the fact, you know, their insistence, these three opinions, Yehuda, Amram, and the Ritzgeus, that if you don't count at night, that you've lost the mitzvah, you can't count with the brocha anymore. So that, it sounds that they hold it's a din and tmimus. Uh, the din and tmimus means it's minatayra. Why? The itter says, why are you being malchmer on Klau Yisrael and telling them that they forgot to do it at night, they can't do it. It's not like it was in the time of the Beis Amikdosh that you had to bring a carbon, you had to bring the Omer at night and get it ready and bring the carbon the next day. Why are these Gaonim getting so uptight about, oh, you missed it because you didn't start the night before? It's not Menatayra today. So the, the Mishnah does a little chap here. It must be the reason why they were so machmir and saying, no, no, you can't count anymore, is because they hold the mitzvahs minatayra. Which is, again, the Mishnah himself realizes this is a, a sort of a weak argument. You could say possibly the But he doesn't like that. But he says, if anybody's out there saying, you've missed your mitzvah, oh, what do you see? Therefore, they must hold it's midaraisa. So now he's got seven tremendous Rishonim. He's got the Rambam, he's got the Taisus Rid, he's got the Shibboleth, and he's got Shibboleth's brother, he's got Rav Yudoy Goyen, the great Bahag, Rav Amram, all of these people, all of these giants who hold that Svir Saimr is Minatayra. So therefore, Yesh Sad God, That's why our minute, the Mishnah says, and his and Lita was to really wait. Not like in Elizabeth, where you actually wait till Tseis to count. Because since it's Midaraisa, so how could you say, oh, it's only a Sophic and it's a Sophic and a Darabonon? We know Benash Moshe's is a Sophic. Well, if a Sophic Darabonon, you have to be Machmer. We countering Benash Moshe's here in Elizabeth. I, Lechaira, it's a Sophic Daraisa. No, it's not Daraisa. It's only the Rabbonon. It's only a Zecher. So the Mishabura says, but since I've now discovered all these Shittas, not discovered, I brought them to light, so therefore we should therefore wait till Tseis in order to count. Okay? Which is why it gets a little bit complicated. People sometimes count with a Tanai. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. So that's in terms of the Halacha today. And now let's move on to the Yerushalmi. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's take a look now at the uh, at uh, the Yerushalmi again. Okay. Yerushalmi Peyam. Everyone say it. Okay, which means you're still giving peya, even though hey, you shouldn't be giving peya because you forgot to leave the stock. You're still giving peya, even though you left the stock a gray, and that peya that you gave is potter menamaisros. Okay, 
I, I, I cut the grain. I cut the stalk. Uh, I've started to process it. Uh-huh. I'm still putter. When I give it to the honey, I said, here's the pay I've given you. The honey does not have to take off miser from it. Ad, next page. Ad, shiimareach. Until what you do, until what you do is you've processed it. You've gone the whole nine yards with it. It looks beautiful. It's ready for the crib, right? It's ready for the crib here, it seems. And then what do you do? Okay, so that's one thing. Once you've done meruach, though, uh-oh, once you've done meruach on that grain, and now you want to give it to the ani, now, as we're going to see in the Gemara, you probably have to take off trumas and mysis from it, because it's tevel. You don't want to make the ani take it off. I guess the ani would be mechuyiv if he knows you haven't taken it off. But really, it should be your job. Also, v'noitel menagayrin, let's say it's before taking off trumas and maestras. So it's before you've taken off trumas and maestras from it. You have here the, you have the grain. So what do you want to do? You say, you know what? I don't want to eat this. <laughs> I want to replant it. These, these, these grains aren't so great anyway. These are not such, these, these are not such great grains. These are not, these are not such great grains. You're going to be able to, again, everybody can unmute themselves if they want to ask a question. But these grains aren't so great. Uh, you know what? I want to replant these. That's probably the best thing to do. So you can do that. And then you just replant it. You don't have to say, oh, I'm using it. You better take off payer from it. No. Oh, once you do meruach, though, even though you're not going to eat it, before you replant this stuff in the ground, you got to take off trumas and mices from it. Or you have to use it as part of your cheshpan. In other words, this counts. Whatever you're replanting, maybe a lot of bushels. It counts towards what your chives take up trumas and mices from. And since you haven't done miruach yet, it's not yet the gemar meloch of the peris, so therefore you're allowed to feed the animals with it. You can feed animals, right? It's like it's like eating from it like a snack. The same way you could snack from it because it's not yet the gemar meloch of the peris. You can give the animals a huge meal from it because animal meals, <laughs> they're sometimes always huge, uh, don't, it's not about, it's not like human meals. You give your animals, and as again, you don't have to take off miser from it. Oh, it's tevel. You're using tevel. No, 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 even, no, even a dinder But once you do meruach, even though it's sitting there and you haven't taken off trumas and miser, so you're giving it to your animals, you would have to take that off. That would be an Easter of using the stuff improperly before you actually take off trumas. Now, <laughs> let's say they're rich somehow, or at least rich enough to buy. And I explained this uh, the other day, why they would do this. Because the owner himself, the Balabais, let's say the Israel himself, so he's got 100 bushels. So he's going to give 10 to the Levi. He's going to give, now he has 90. He's going to give, um, I'm sorry, let me do that again. He's going to give two to the Koyan. Then he's going to give 9.8 uh, to the Levy. So he has approximately 88 or 80, something like that. Uh, and then he has to go give, if it's a Meister uh, Rishon year, to put out 10 for that. Meister on a year, 10% of that. So the Combo Levy comes to him and says, look, we'll buy it. I'll buy it and I'll make it worth your while. 
you know, instead of because because after you'd finish with me anyway, uh, and and my friend the Levy, whatever it is, you're going to have only left about 88. I'll give you 92 for it. 92, it's worth 100, but this way it's better than nothing. This way, he just takes the whole Goran, and the, the Yisrael has a benefit of four. So they take the Goran. So it's interesting, Aloha here, Hamaisr Shalahed. They they have to take Trumas and Maisas from it, but they take Trumas and Maisas and give it to themselves, because they're Kohanim, they're Levim. Ad Sheyimorchu, aha, unless they either bought it after the state of Meruach or they themselves do Meruach. But if they themselves finish, make a Gemar Melocha on these Peiros, then there's a Dindar that they have to give it to another Kohen or another Levi. In other words, so if they actually, if they buy it uh, without if they if they buy it after um, if they buy it before Meruach, then they're going to do a Gemar Malocha to it eventually, but they can eat from it and take it. But if if it's Ad Shiyamarachu, once Meruach has occurred, we force them to give it to someone else. Now, this is going to be a Takana de Rabbana, as you're going to see. Now, Hamakdish. Let's say you decide that you want to be Makdish all your grain, all your tour. But then, what did you do? The Gizber had it. The Gizber had the field. The Gizber sent his workers out. The, the hectish harvested it. They have all the material, and they've actually processed it till the stage of Gamar Malacha. Okay. Then, what happens? Depends. You buy it back. If you do Gamar Malacha, you have to give Trumas and Maestros. But if they did the Gemar Malach, if they were the ones that processed it till the point of Meruach, of cleaning it up, of actually making the pile, making a nice look and neat the way it's usually when it goes to get uh, ground at the flower, then they are chad. In other words, there, there is no chi of maestros. Because, as I said, because what does it say by Trumas and maestros? It says, Reishis digonecha. Digonecha is your dogon. Not Hektish's. Hekt, it was Hektish's Dogon. Hektish made it into Dogon. Now that you bought it back, you don't need to take off Trumas and Mises. You have a Petur. Okay, so this is a very important mission in general about how the denim of Trumas and Mises work, the denim of, of Meruach. It has to do with Peya, but it really has to do with the whole Seder Israel. So, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Zvidi, Mishem, Rabbi Boyu. Rabbi Nehemiah, Baruch, Vidumotim, Mishem, Rabbi Yechanan. It was either one or the other. It either comes out of Rabbi Yechanan um, or Rabbi Vo, one of the two. They were pretty similar. They lived both, I believe, in Eretz Yisro. So it was one of the two that said, Hifrish Bikurim Mikri Mimurach. So here's a guy. In our mission, we talked about a guy who didn't give Peya properly. Now we're talking about someone who really didn't give Bikurim. Bikurim was the number one thing, as we're going to see in a minute. And he didn't give that. He didn't give the Bikurim. And what happened instead was, hmm, the, uh, got processed. Uh oh, I forgot Bikurim. So now he takes all, he goes back to the Cree. <laughs> the Cree has already been processed. Let me, let me get some of this stuff here. Oh, it's all in the bundle. Okay, I have to give some of this Bikurim. Okay, here's that, here's that Shimas Aminim, the Chamishas Aminim. Uh, I'm going to give some Bikurim here. Okay. When he gives that Bikurim, Potter Mitrumigadola. 
He doesn't have to say, wait, 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 you can't give that Bikurim yet. You can't just give that and take that base of Mikdash. Your Chayef to be Mafresh, isn't that Tebel? No, it's not. So even though it got to the state of Meruach, where it was now, everything seemed to be Chayef and Tebel, but when it comes to Bikurim, you don't have to worry about that. You can give the whole thing as Bikurim. You don't have to say, hey, did you take off Truma from that or not? No, give it all as Bikurim. Okay. Amar Chagai, Kumer Masnisa Amrakein. We can prove it from a Mishnah, a Brisa. This that we either have from Yochanan or Abohu, it has even a greater pedigree from a Brisa. Because what does it say? It says, I see, that's what our Mishnah said. That you keep on giving Peya even after you've processed, even after you even after you harvested it. Aha. Upoter minamaiser ad she yimareyach. Aha. And you put them in a meiser, that's true, until meruach happens. If you do meruach, you have to take off your chayiv in meiser before you give it to the yoni. But let's say you do meruach, and this is not in our, our Mishnah, but let's say you actually do meruach, chayiv, yes. You do meruach on, on your grain, on your produce, then you have to take off trumas and maestras. And you shouldn't give the pay to the yoni without taking off the trumas and maestras. Masha'ein kein, now here there's a mistake here, it should be masha'ein kein bibikurim. See on the bottom here? Sarachlom bibikurim. Masha'ein kein bibikurim. Aha! So bikurim, even though it's processed all the way, you don't have to take off trumas and maestras. Oh, that's proof to Rabbi Yochanan. So, Mara says, it's not a proof. Lema afi bikurim yechayiv. doesn't mean with bikurim you don't have to take trumas and maestras. Maybe bikurim means, it doesn't, when it says, masha'en can be bikurim, it means bikurim is more chomer. <laughs> that bikurim is chomer, is, and bikurim you have to take off trumas and maestras, not what you said, that you don't have to take off trumas and maestras. Maybe what we're saying is, Bikurim, your Chayiv, I'm sorry, I, re- I said that wrong. It's not about taking off Trumas and Maestras from Bikurim. It's saying you have to take Bikurim, not the difference between Bikurim and Peya, Bikurim and Trumas and Maestras. When it comes to Peya that you take late, then the Din Trumas and Maestras is dependent whether Miruach has happened. So when it said, Masha Enkein Bikurim, what it meant was, by Bikurim, you're going to be chayiv no matter what was going on in terms of the meiruach. Even if the meiruach, even it hasn't happened yet, you still have to, of course, uh, take, uh, whether the bikurim is, meiruach has happened or yet, you still have to take bikurim. So there's no proof from this b'risa to the p'sak of Rabbi Yochanan or um, Rabbi Vol. Vaida Amra, duh. In fact, we have this statement. Look at this Mishnah. Lama Nikr Shema Bikurim, Shehein Bikurim Lakol. Because Bikurim is the first thing that is taken. Bikurim means the first one, like the Bechor is the firstborn. Bikurim, Bechor, Bikurim, because they're the first one. Vikoa Kaidim Es Chaveiro. If you're number one, Chaveiro Mishayim Boy. That means. That if you're the first one, the guy after you has to do you, but you don't have to do him. Which means you're always trying to take Bikurim off. 
Bikurim is always there. I don't care about Miruach or not. It's nothing to do with Miruach. Even though it's not Chayv and Trumas and Maestras, you still got to take Bikurim off. Because Bikurim is, is a Chayv that's always there. The one after it is Truma. But Bikurim will always be a Chayv. But once again, but the Bikurim itself might not be Chayv and taking off Trumas and Maestras from it at all. Bikurim is like the number one thing that should have been there in the field. That was the Chayv. So there's really, even though you've already processed this more than you should have, you should have given that basket a long time ago, you're not going to be high to take off Trumas and Mises from the Bikurim. That's what we're quoting from this Mishnah to me. So, which is really back to what we said here, Hifrish Bikurim Potter, it's going to be Potter from, from Trumas and Mises. Okay, which is a, a proof to Rabbi Yochanan. Now the Gemara says, Masnisan the Beishamai. Sounds like our mission is like Beishamai. Again, the Beishamai Omrim, Hefker Aniyim Hefker. Why? Because basically what we're saying is, is that when you take off Peah, um, when you take off Peah incorrectly, if you wait, it's still going to be Potter from Trumas and Maestros if you haven't done Meruach. Remember, once you do Meruach, we say, hey, man, this thing is Chayev. Someone's got to take off Trumas and Maestros. We're not going to make the Oni do it. You should do it. But before that stage, it's just regular Hefker. And therefore, even the, the, when an Oni, whenever you have Hefker, even though it's not the way God drew it up on the drawing board, that it's a, that it's a stock that the Oni has like the, the right to come and get, that anything that's Hefker, which is what this is, because you're now declaring it paya. Anything that's hefker is called hefker, and it doesn't make a difference whether it's technically correct as payer or not. There's not going to be a din of trumas and maestras. What Beit Shammai is saying is, even though normally, now let me explain this a little bit better. Normally, when something is hefker, you have to indicate that it's for everyone. Hefker means everybody can get it. Everybody has the right to use it. So the question Machlokas Beit Shammai was: Let's say someone says. This is Hefker only for poor people. Well, we know there's certain things which are only Hefker for poor people. Leket, There's certain things which halachically only apply to a person with a certain amount of money. A person who's, who has more money, it's Gezel for him to take that. But that's not called Hefker. That's a din in the Torah. Whereas here, this is something which technically, when it's said, you can always give it as payah, sounds like even if you've already given your payah, not just, and you want to add something. Hey, you know what? I want that stuff that's in the grain and the granary to still be called paya. That's still called paya. That's what we're saying. That Because even though technically, hey, you already did paya. Again, if you wouldn't say the word la'olam in the Mishnah, you would say he hasn't done paya yet. Paya is still called paya even though you started to process it. But it says la'olam hu paya, meaning even if you already did your normal 160th and the Ani was happy with it, then you'd say, I want that other stuff to be paya. It has a shame paya, and it's going to be potter from Trumas and Maestris, provided you haven't done Miruach yet. So that's a proof to Shammai, because all that is is Hefker, and that shows you that even though it's a Hefker only for poor people, it counts, and therefore anything that's Hefker is not Chayev in Trumas and Maestris. The reason is, is because when it comes to Trumas and Maestris, the Torah says, what's the, what does it mean to me to get to, to collect Trumas and Maestris? It says, 
here comes the Levi, and now he's about to get something that's going to be specifically his. That means other than this mitzvah of giving Truman nicer, nobody else could have demanded it or could have gotten it. But once you make something hefker, you've given it to everybody. So once you open it up that everybody has a supposed to be Zoha, it automatically means that there's no din trumas and maestras. Trumas and maestras is all about, hey, I don't have a nachla. It's only because I'm a lady I'm getting this, a special din that this land, this part of the land is, is going to belong to me. But if you've made it healthcare, then that means that anybody could have gotten it, and even if he wasn't a lady. So therefore, there's no din trumas and maestras on that payah. Until, of course, you do Meruach. <laughs> Once you do Meruach, we say, hey, man, if there's Tevil here, someone's got to take up Trumas and Maestras. Now, Rabbi Kiva was the one who told us in the Mishnah that you could replant the stuff. And you don't have to take off any uh, Trumas and Maestras. So, the Rabbi Kiva, let's take a look. Okay. The Rabbi Kiva kechanoyos de Beis Hanan. Rabbi Kiva's psak recalls to us the b'risa about the stores, <laughs> like the the stores of Beis Hanan, was what happened. The Tani, the Brisa said, This was a great Jewish store. It was the Macy's, the Gimbals of its time, <laughs> right? Why were those? Why were those? Why were those stores? The the Jewish entrepreneurs. Why were those stores destroyed before the Beis Hamikdash? You know why? Show you Motzian. Because basically they said, yeah, we don't have to take off Trumas and Maestras. Why? David Arshinan. Aser to Aser. Okay. Does that sound similar? We just read that today, right? Well, we didn't. We would have. Aser to Aser. Prat. What? It says Aser to Aser. In order what? In order to Azaracha. What you planted. Zarocha is what you planted, as we see here of Chaim Kanievsky. It's called Tua Zarocha, what you planted. Prat Lemocher. Prat Lokeach. You didn't plant, you bought. What else does it say there? It also says, it says, right after this, Viachalta, talks about eating Meiser Shani, right after this, Aser to Aser, talks about eating Meiser Shani in Yerushalayim. So we make the drush of Viachalta. Aha. So even though you planted it, it has to be something you're planting on. You're planning on eating, But if you're planting it to sell, and you're, you, you, you have you have part of your farm is what you sell. Minatera, here's the chiddush, boys and girls. Minatera, you're not chayiv in trumas and maestras. Trumas and maestras, like maestras Shani and the other ones that are mentioned, is only if you're planning on growing it for your own eating. When minatera they held, there's no iser. And therefore, they said, eh, it's only the Rabbanon. This whole thing is the Rabbanon. This is a, a canard. The rabbis have foisted upon us. that We have to take up Trumas and Maestras. From, we, we have to force all our uh, purchasers to take Trumas and Maestras off, right? And, and the Lokeach has taken Trumas and Maestras. Right? Take a look at the, the matzah shmur I had today, uh, the machine shmur. It has, it has 25 hidurim on the back. And one of the hidurim on the back was, and all Trumas and Maestras were taken. Yeah, even if, forget about whether you're chayv and truma menatayra today, assuming, even assuming you are, this is only the Rabbonon, that, that a guy, a person who's, who's, who's processing food needs to have trumas and maestras. And even me buying it only has to take off trumas and maestras for the Rabbonon. 
So basically, what they did was they said, "Hey, we're not into the derises. We're only into the rabbana, or not into the rabbanats. We just do derisa." Listen, you want to be super from Mahadrim and Mahadrim, go to another store. You take our stuff. You don't have to take off. And they would. They, and they made a point of publicizing the fact this whole thing is the rabbanat. I tell you, you don't have to do it. And therefore, um, they were destroyed beforehand <laughs> because of that. And that's what Rabbi Kiva was saying. Look, that would be if you were going to eat it, but to plant it, it's not a problem. In other words, Rabbi Kiva, of course, was not saying we don't do the Isra the Rabbonan. Because it's an Isra the Rabbonan only. And they did not apply it to planting. That was the point. So we've somehow wedded Rabbi Akiva with these Rishoyim who made a point of saying, I'm just a Daraisa guy. But Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Shita, gives us a, I guess, an inkling into those uh, store owners. Let's go on. I'm Rabbi Yechanan. But Knas Konsulehen. Who's the Knas for? In other words, this is going back on the Kohen and the Levi who buy it. Remember we said the Kohen and the Levi buy their own stuff? Why not? (laughs) Normally, it anyway goes to us. Why can't we buy stuff that was worked on by the owner and we'll keep it? Because if if that's allowed, that's the Din Torah, it'll turn out that Aniyam aren't going to get their stuff. Because then the Kohanim and Levim will have money will go to the areas uh, like this and they will get all their stuff and they're going to buy the stuff up. They're going to buy the, um, they're going to buy the, uh, the material up from the Gitois and the Gronois. They're going to buy the stuff from the Balabatim. And when they buy the stuff from the Balabatim, they're going to keep it. And the real Ani who doesn't have any money is not going to be the real Kohanim and Levium. The poorer ones aren't going to get anything. Similarly, Tabach Kohen. Let's say I have a Tabach who's a Kohen. Now, a Tabach is a uh, butcher. But he also would shecht. He would shecht animals and sell them. That's what a Tabach was. The Tabach would shecht animals and sell them. That's was his, that was his Parnassah. It was a good Parnassah. But as we know, when you have chulen animals, you have to give the zroa, the lechiyayim, and the keva to the kohen. That's a matnas kahuna that has nothing to do with the beis hamikdash. It's a matnas kahuna that was really even bismanazeh. If you knew who the kohanim were, they you can give them the zroa, lechiyayim, and the keva. It's a it's a behemas chulen. Okay. Um, by the way. I was thinking about this when I was preparing it earlier. I should have thought of it uh, before Pesach, but I think it's a nice part. The zroa, which of course is like the the foreleg of the animal, lechayim is the is the cheek, the jaw. The cave, of course, is the stomach. Nice, juicy, tasty portions. But it sort of parallels what we do with the seder. As we start off the seder and talk about the zroa of the bizroa the strong hand of God, the Zroya. That's the first thing we say. Now, we're not sure what that means yet. But we, we start off, you know, talking about the Zroya. 
We start talking about how incredibly powerful God is. And then we step back, and then we do L'chayayim, and we talk. <laughs> we use our jaw. We use our jaw to, to talk and to tell the story. That's the L'chayayim. And then eventually, after we've told the story, then we get to the keva, where you actually you eat the meal and you put the stuff into right. your system, and now that's good. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Rabbi. <laughs> so the, it's, it's, so it's almost like what we do in the night of the Seder is like it's almost like uh, it's giving to the Kaihanim their matonos, the Zroya Lechaim and the Kefa. Anyway, the point though is that was done normally. So how about if you're a Kayan? So if you're a Kohen and you're shechting the animal, keep the Zroya Lechaim and Kefa to yourself. You bought the animal, you're a Kayan, I'm giving the matonos to myself. Tabach Kayan. So can you keep them? We just said before that sometimes there was a takana that we made on Kaihanim and Levium who bought up the granaries of Yisraelim that they had to give Trumas and Meisters to other Kohanim and Levium because it was unfair. Would we say the same thing when it comes to uh, pieces of meat? Can they just keep it for themselves? So let's take a look. Chavrayi Bishrem Rebishu Ben Levi Paterloi, they what? Paterloi, Shabbos Achas. They say they're going to get one week off. In other words, they're going to give them that first week. That first week, they're going to give off. Meaning the first week, they can keep it for themselves. After that, they need to give it to other, uh, other, um, other Kohanim. Why? <laughs> because the point is, is that Rashi explains in Huan that if you are a mocher, then basically this animal is not yours to eat. You're just raising it to sell or shechting it to sell. So once you've got a week of, and we see that you've done it for a week, that means you're an established uh, seller. An established seller has to give, even your Kohen has to give to other Kohanim. But the first week, we don't know how established you are. Maybe you're not going to make any money. Maybe you just keep the stuff for yourself. You'll see, oh, I couldn't sell any of it. Oh, I guess I'll just put it in the freezer, whatever it is. We use it for the family. So the first week we give you off, which means there's no knas. It, during the first week, the Kohen can keep it for himself. After that week, if he stays in business, he has to find other Kohanim to give the Zerolachayim and Kevitu. Um, Rabbi Yossi, Azus Lidroma, I went to the south. Ushamiat Rab Chanan, Avuidah Rab Shem Shem Levi. And he said, Patrulei Shabbos Achas. Give the Kohen, even though he's selling it, give him that first week, like any other Tabach, he, should get, he gets one week where he can keep it for himself. He says, is that basically based on what we saw in our Mishnah, that when the Kohen and the Levi buy the Garon, they need to give it to other Kohanim? Is that what it's this, this thing about a week and more than a week? If it's based on the idea of Kanas, that we don't want other poor Kohanim and Levi suffering, I feel Shabbos Al-Chaslo Yifter we shouldn't even give it off one week. 
If it's a knas, we have to be firm in the knas. We have to say, look, you're, ta- you're rich. You can afford these animals. The poor Kohanim aren't getting it. Even the first week, <clears throat> we should force you <clears throat> to give it to other Kohanim and Leviim. The fact that we get leave you off a week, we give you that week till you, you establish yourself, it means the din knas is not applied here. Okay, well, that would be, if you're telling me, he's just a tabach. But what about, <clears throat> what about if he's a chedvini? <clears throat> now, what's the difference? Between a tabach and a chenveni. A chenveni is a shopkeeper. That's right. So he's more than a tabach. <laughs> he's more than just a guy, hey, let me see if this is working. He actually goes from city to city selling. The tabach is someone's, hey, I got a bunch of animals. Hey, you know what? I can't eat them all. Let me sell them. Let me see if anybody's interested in buying it. That's the tabach. A chenveni, man, the guy's got a business going. And he actually goes from city to city. So let's take a look. Chen, and he's selling meat. And he's a chenveni. Chenveni koyen. Rabbi Yudin Omar, you know what? Give him the same week. He comes into town. The first week he has off, he doesn't know if he's going to get any purchasers here. Potrono Shabbos Echot. Rabbi Yossi says, no, no, no. I agree that if he's a tabach and stays in one town and he spends a couple of weeks selling his meat, Give him the first week off. But if he's a chenven and he's got a whole route and he goes from city to city selling stuff, he doesn't get any tour. Ain't potron low, Shabbos echad. Hmm. Why not? Aldaster of Yossi, my bein chenveni latabach. What's there in the chenveni and the guy who stays in town? You gave him at least the first week. Why'd you get, why were you consoning this chenveni that he can't keep the Zerol of Chayayim to himself from the meat that he's selling? Why can't he just take it for himself? Why does the chenveni who goes from town to town need to give it to other kohanim? It says, chenveni yochol laharin. Tabach eno yochol laharin. The chenveni can come into town and say, oh, this is my first job. This is the first time I'm ever doing this. I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, oh, shucks. I'm not sure if I'm going to be a good seller or not, but I, I bought this here. Uh, I got this uh, stand that I bought, and I'm hoping to make deals, and I'm going on to the next town. So the chenveni can lie and say, hey, this is my first week at it. And really, of course, he's been doing this for a long time. And clearly, all he is is, 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 is a moicher, right? He'll say, this is my first week doing it. And therefore, we have to clamp down on him. And even if it is his first week, we, because of the uh, Ramoyim, any guy who decides to take his uh, traveling stand from city to city, and he's a Kayan, he cannot keep the Israel Lachayim. That was Takonas Chazal. Okay, so that is uh, the Yerushalmi for today. Let's now go on to the Bavli. Right, because we started at uh, 9.30. So we're going to go to 11 if people are interested. About 40 minutes. Here we go. Ve'omer Abzeira, starting from the top of today's top. Now, 
the Vav, the Vav already tells us there was another story of Reb Zera, and that was Reb Zera who saw Rav Avo, we just mentioned in the Yerushalmi as well, we mentioned Rav Avo, that Reb Zera had, saw, had seen Rab Abohu swimming on Shabbos. He was in a brecha, and the question was, was he picking his feet up or not? So this is a whole question about swimming pools. It's yesterday's daf, so I'm not going to go back and do it. However, now that we're talking about watching what Reb uh, Abohu did in the din of, of, of Rechitza on Shabbos and Yontif, that was yesterday's daf, we have a similar story about Reb Zeira observing Reb Abo. But where? I saw Reb Abo when he was going to wash, whether it was Shabbos or whatever day it was. Probably not Shabbos, but he was going and he was being rochets himself that he would cover his genitals. He would cover the Mokam Abris. Hmm. And I wasn't sure, I knew he was covering it, but I wasn't sure if his hand was actually touching the, his penis or not. Hmm. Or says, so in other words, Rebzeris says, I'm not sure, I want to fall above, oh, could be you're allowed to, could be as you're, as you're going down to the, as we're going to see in a second, the river, you're allowed to cover yourself and you don't have to worry so much whether your hand touches that place or not. No, what's from Zayra's suffix? Of course he wouldn't touch it. The Tanya, because we weren't in a Bryce, and Rebbe Yezer, Ben Hurkin has told us, that if, hey, I have to urinate, but you hold on uh, to your Aver, and that's the way you're doing it, even though you say, hey, I'm just urinating, he will maybe Why? Because, yeah, that was the kilk of the Dora Mabel, Rashi says. That it wasn't just that they were, you know, having it wasn't just sex with other animals and other. It was Motsiim Sheikh Vazero Batola, and that's that what that's what leads to that. What leads to Batola is is thinking, yeah, I'm holding on. Hey, man, check it out, and that brings the mabel. Even though all you're doing is urinating, that's what it leads to. So obviously, probably the great Sadiq Ravavo would not have put his hand to touch his aver. Amar you know what? It makes sense that Ravzeir wasn't sure. Because it's not the same as when you're urinating. When you're urinating, generally, you're not nervous. But when you're going down to the river, that's similar to the Mishnah that we have in Avedah Zara that talks about when um, the, the, the enemy troops have stormed through town and have gone through everything and searched everywhere and touched everything, possibly. We're not sure what they did. What do we do about, do we say the Goyim have now entered into our places, and now when we're allowed back, are we allowed to use our wine, or do we say the Goyim actually picked up the wine or moved it with Kavon of Yayin Nesach or not? That's not. If they come into the city, you're not sure what they did, so it depends. If it's Bishash Shalom, if they just came to show their strength, they, they, you know, they weren't from another, they weren't involved in a war from some other army from another country. So then, hmm, that means they have time. Chavios psuchos asuros. Any open barrels, you have to assume they took some of it, they picked it up, they had kavona for yaya and you can't sell that to any Jews anymore. It's maybe even asur bahana. 
stumais mutaros. But the ones that are closed, they probably, since they do have a job to do, they obviously they probably did not open them and reseal them. And those you can use and sell and have anova. But b'shas mochama, if they came in because they were the enemy or because they were coming through, because they had to get to the front to fight the enemy, and they're right. So eivu ve'eivu mutaros. Why? Because they don't have time to think about that. There, there are maneuvers. That's not maneuvers. They're on their way to meet the enemy, or they are the enemy, and they're coming through. And who knows? It's no one has time to think about their avodah when their wife is on that uh, on their hand. So therefore, even though you left the barrel open, you didn't see what the guy did. After the guy leaves, you can sell it, then use it. Alma, what do you see? Given the biite, since you're in a state of nervousness. You don't have time to do nisuch. As you're going down to the river, and that's what Rabbo was doing, he was going down to the river, <laughs> he, he's not going to start thinking, because again, he, 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 he was going to a river in order to to go bathe himself. The river has got, it's, 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 it's moving, it's not so easy to get down in there. So therefore, even if he touched his aver, it's not like, oh, I'm going to start thinking thoughts. Oh, I'm touching my aver now. <laughs> it's it's not going to come back to haunt him at all. He was he was mahar, right? Where hmm. says hochamai bituta, bituta denara. That's what Rabbiya means. The fear of the river. Maybe not be the fear of, of of a war, but it's a similar idea. Okay, so that was Abaya's sushto. The, when you think like a Talmudist, you make connections across ways you never thought you would make a connection. Avaydah Zara Tzutznius. This is Eini. Vomer of Abba, Omer of Unamarav. Kol ha-meniach yodav keneged ponem shomata ki wukaiver briso shoavrom avinu. In other words, you're asking, did he touch the Aver? Did he not touch the Aver? I've got a problem, Rav Abba said, because I heard from the name of Rav I heard from the name of Rav that you're not supposed to be ashamed of your aver. This is the bris of Avram. So I'm covering it up. Hmm. And, and, and obviously it meant that you were naked other than that. And Rav says you shouldn't cover up your aver. Hmm. So let's see what the Gemara says. So this whole discussion about what Rav Avo did and Rav Zayra saw, it goes against the Kabbal of Rav, the great then you know you have pride in your aver. It's the bris of Avram Avinu. It says leikasha, haki nochis, haki solik. It really depends when you're going down to the river. Rashi says kinochis lanahir pon of klape anar. Then basically, even though there might be some other people running with you into the river to bathe, you're you're towards the river. Ben kamishul tznius. So it's not, there's no tznias here. It's not like there's people on, who can be walking on the other side, uh, on the street, whatever, watching you go in. So listen, obviously you, you got to be naked. So so you don't cover up. In fact, it's also to cover up. <laughs> but when you get out of the river, kisolik, when you get out of the river, then it's different, says Rashi. Then everybody sees you. There, the way to do it, it's mutter. Rashi says it's not oser. You're not showing a, a, a lack of pride in, in the bris of Avramavinu. 
you could say, look, there's a bunch of people there. I feel a little bit strange. Cover yourself up. Muter mishum tzniyus. And we find ki hadarava shochi. When Rava went down to bathe, he like bent down and like he was bending over so nobody can see his aver. But Ramzeira Zokif. Ramzeira walked full. He walked upright. <laughs> Why? Because he didn't want to cover it. So you see, it sounds like Rava always, even when he, even when he went down to the river, Rava sort of like bent over. Right? He didn't because he didn't have a bathroom, right? He just bent over. <laughs> and Ramzeira, Ramzeira, when he went down to the river, um, uh, he went with pride. Rabbanon de Ravashi, Kikonach Sezakve. The Rabbanon by Ravashi Shiva, when they would go to the mikvah and go into the water to bathe, whatever it was, when they went down, they didn't cover. But when they came back up, they bent over not to be so obvious wagging their aver around because they did it for tzniyas. But you see, yeah, all right. Um, there is a discussion about this uh, in the postkin. That's about 30 minutes. There is a discussion in the postkin about this because the, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, it mentions and it's brought down in the Mogan Avram and other places that even in your even in your even in your house when there's nobody around, you should you shouldn't allow uh, you should always undress under a bathrobe or under the cover. This seems to go against this Gemara. So the Shlach Kodesh says they can both be true. When you're going into the shower or going into a, a place where you got to get naked anyway. So then, tzniyus is a, then you don't have to worry about being tzniyus. But in your bed, even though you sleep naked, there's no reason why, oh, I got to be naked. Okay, you sleep by yourself. There's no one else in your room. Walking around your room naked is a problem though nobody's there. Verbonah Sholem is there. Moritz Kavodo. When the activity you're going to do is going to demand you to be naked anyway, like, for example, the nafkamina would be, if I'm going into the shower, Right, I don't have to like. Okay, I've got my bathrobe on to the very last second, like in the old movies where they didn't want to show anybody naked. Right, so I've got my bathrobe on to the very last second. Right now, I go in the shower, I throw the bathrobe out. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but in your in your bedroom, <laughs> it's not a place that you have to be naked. So there, in a chinami, there's an Indian of tzniyus of of covering yourself up the way you should. Okay, important. Okay, since we talked about Rav Zeira and Rav Avo, here's Rav Zeira before he met before he met Rav Avo. Rav Zeira Rav Yehuda. Rav Zeira was trying to stay away from Rav Yehuda. Why? To play with Mesa Clara de because Rav Zeira wanted to leave Vavo, wanted to go to Eretz Yisro to learn Torah like the Bnei Eretz Yisro. Uh huh. And what was wrong? Why didn't Rav Yehuda have a problem with that? Because they were in Bovel. And Rita felt Bovel was the greatest thing in the world. He was the Talmud of Rav and Shmuel. He felt that Bovel is very settled. Bovel doesn't have the upheavals and political issues of Eretz Yisrael. In Bovel, you can learn great. And in fact, the Pasuk says, stay in Bovel. Then Rav Yehuda me Bovel Eretz Yisrael. That if you leave Bovel, this great place of Torah learning where everything is very calm. Yeshivas are great. There isn't a lot of problems. And you go to Eretz Yisrael and you leave the Torah of Bavel, 
I'm going to bring you to Bavel, Hashem says, Yirmiya, Shama Yi, and you're going to stay there. Anyway, obviously, Reb Zayra disagreed. He wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. And what happened? Oh, said, but you know what? I'm afraid to see Reb Yehuda because he's going to stop me. But I still want some little tire from Yehuda before I go to Israel. So let me go to Rav Yehuda and hear something. I'll hide, but I want to know something from him. I want to have some Torah from the great Rav Yehuda before I go to Teretz Yisrael. The Eisei, I'll go get something for Asik. And then I'll leave and I'll have the Torah of Rav Yehuda with me on my trip to Eretz Yisrael. So he went to see Rav Yehuda. And he happened to find Rav Yehuda was in the was at the Merchatz. Where was Rav Yehuda? Rav Yehuda was by the bathhouse. Okay, and here's Rav Zera looking behind one of the poles. He doesn't want Yehuda to see him. And he hears Yehuda say, Rav Yehuda say, Yehuda's talking to his shamish. Hey, bring me some of that soap. And he's saying it in these words. Although this is Bavel, he's using the Hebrew language. Bring me a comb. Then he spoke. (laughs) Then he spoke a little Aramaic to the people around him. What did he speak in Aramaic? He said, Open your mouths and let out the Hevel. In other words, you've got Hevel in your mouth. You've got all that dirt and stuff that's been leaving up. And you know what? Says Rashi, The Mesamerchatz is healthy. It's healthy air here. Mm, breathe it in. And what are you going to leave out? You've got a bunch of sweat in your system. Have that come out of your system. Open your mouth. <gasps> breathe out. Afiko Hevla. And what else did he tell him in Aramaic? The third thing? The Ishtu Maya de Beibani. Have a drink of some of that hot water that we're going to use for not the stuff that you bathed in, but the hot water that was getting ready to use for other bathers. Take some of that hot water from the bathhouse. Omar, Surab Zayra said, This would have been enough. I don't have to hear a shear. What I saw in the bathhouse, I already got some Yusoidas from the great Rabbi Huda. Let's see what they were. When he heard him speak and say, give me the soap, bring me the comb, in Hebrew, in Loshna Kodesh, Kamash Malan, Varim even though you can't speak Torah in the Beis HaMerchatz, but you can use the Hebrew language, you can use, not the Hebrew language, you can use Loshna Kodesh, to say things of chol. It's not like, hey, oh, you can't speak Lashon HaKodesh in a bathroom? Yeah, even a naked guy can speak Lashon HaKodesh. Dvarim shel chol muter Because that's what he was. He says, bring me the soap and bring me the uh, the comb. Paschu pumaychu vafiku havla. What about that? Puma. Oh, that's also a Kiddush. The what? That's a good medical Kiddush. Kiddush Mool. The Yomar Shmuel, Havla, Mafik Hevla. In other words, there's an exchange. Shmuel, the doctor, understood. That basically, in other words, bringing in the air 
of the uh, of the merchatz in your mouth gets rid of the other stuff from your system. Hevel gets rid of hevel. Even though some stuff is just the air that you're breathing in, that'll get rid of some of the, the unwanted sweat. <laughs> it gets rid of that. So hevel takes out hevel. So what was the benefit about drinking that hot water? I'll tell you what it is. If a person eats, a person has a meal, uh, about eating, if you eat and you don't drink in the meal or after the meal, it's almost like it's just blood, pure blood. Okay, here's the food. It's being broken down. Uh, it's like, but without proper liquidizing yourself when you eat, you're going to have stomach issues. You want to uh, irrigate yourself. You want to put that drink in together. It's important. Okay. So that could happen a lot in Corona land, right? <laughs> you eat, but you don't walk afterwards. You just say, okay, I'm sitting here anyway. Let me just go to sleep. Right? But you should walk around. Don't just eat. If you don't walk Daladamas or more, what happens? Achilos Markevis. What happens? Says Rashi. It sort of rots. It doesn't really go through the, the digestive system the way it should in order to get you know, to turn it into the fecal material and, and exit that. So it's sort of like rots in your body. It doesn't sit there properly. Vizehu Trilas Reachra. And that's how people end up with halitosis and other bad smells around them by not exercising or walking after they eat. Let's say somebody needs to go to the bathroom and decides to eat anyway. We can really go to, go to the bathroom, but and he's got his appetite bringing him back to the table. It's like an oven that you didn't get rid of the, and you want to heat it up again, and you haven't cleared out the ashes from the cooking you did earlier. You want to, you're cooking again in the afternoon, and you're not cleaning it from the morning cooking. So it's got a bunch of the afer in there. So similar. First, get rid, again, you got to go to the bathroom before you start putting new stuff into the system. Go to the bathroom first. And the truth is, people who eat, when they need to go to the bathroom, that's where you have people is that those are the type of people that are always sweating and have BO that's hard to stand. I'm laughing, but I'm just saying all these things are obviously still true today. This is where we get to what Rav Yehuda was saying and what Rav Zeller spied and what we now see was true in this Brisa. Now, let's say you, you you go ahead and you do rachitz in the hot water, but you didn't take a drink from some of that hot water. So what you did was, that's like when you have an oven. So in order for the oven to work, it's got to need fuel. You got to put something in it as fuel. Now, let's say this oven, you want to cook stuff, but you don't stick the fuel inside the oven. You only put the stuff outside of the oven. Same thing here. You washed your outer body. You got some good hot water on the outer body. Now, put some hot water in the inner body. Okay? And as we finish off the brisa, Rochatz Pachamin, you did your hot water bath. The Lady Shtatif 
and you did not cool yourself off. You didn't get yourself like a bunch of cold shower, a cold bunch of water showering on you afterwards, which is what you should do, as we saw in the Gemaras previously. We didn't, I didn't teach them to you, but they were in the, the daft of the couple of days ago. Dome of the barzel, that's like metal. It's like you put the metal in the fire. The low, he was in the fire and it was like forging it, but afterwards, in order to turn it into something really strong that it shouldn't fall apart, you need to then pour cold water on it. You stick it in the cold water and that's what hardens it. That's similar when you take your hot bath. You need to then get the cold water on you to strengthen you and give you that, that, that what a, a hot bath is supposed to do. Rochatz v'loisoch, if you don't have like oils and stuff on you, right, when you're, when you're taking your bath, we saw in the yesterday's daf, the daf before about Rebbe and the oil, how important it was to have the oil with him when he was bathing. That's like water that doesn't go into the in, in, into the jug. This, getting the oils on you allows you to actually have the stuff seep into you better. So all of these are important principles of hygiene and activities, and that's part of what, as we saw in the Bryson, what Rabbi Zayrus saw by Rabbi Yehuda. Back to Ilcha Shabbos, Muliar, Hagoruf. Okay. What was the issue here? It's a muliar. Gorov tells me that there was some coals in there. There was some heat in there. So basically, this was like a samovar. But unlike a samovar, and the samovars also used to have a heating element underneath. But this samovar, where the water was, its coals were in a separate, shorter compartment. So in other words, let's say if you would be, I don't know if you guys could see me, but let's say if, if, if you can see here on the screen, if you can see me here, here I have the cell phone and, and this Gemara here. Okay, so the coals would be like where the cell phone is. Okay, and the water would be in the bigger thing here. So there'd be two separate containers, but the water would be heated by its proximity to the smaller container that had the hot coals or the hot element in it. So let's say my mouliar, I took the hot coals out of it. The water is still hot. So there, since I took the coals out, there's not a problem of keeping hot water, of doing shahia. So I'm allowed to drink from it on Shabbos. I'm allowed to drink. There's no problem of saying, oh, you, you kept it before Shabbos. It's Atamana, like Rashi says, and you were matman it. Hey, it was all clean. So even though it's quite hot, I can still drink from it on Shabbos. But Antichi, when it comes to the Antichi, that's different. We'll see what Antichi is in a minute. But the Antichi, I, even though I've cleaned out from the, from the heat, I cannot drink from it on Shabbos. Why not? So, hechidami muliar, hechidami muliar, hagaruf. You're telling me that the muliar, the coals are out. Ton of the Brisa tells us. Mayim bibifnin. The water, as I showed you in the image that I was giving you with my hands, 
the water is closer to my face. The water is in, is, 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 is inner. That's me bifnim. The gacholim, which is by the cell phone here, me bachutz. Antichi, though, it's different. What's antichi different? Rabba Amar Bekiri. Basically, the antichi is in an oven, as Rashi says. I'll show you in the Rashi. Chalal Yesh Bikira. In other words, I have an oven, and there is a a hollow, a hollow part of it. In other words, the oven is made out of, uh, of, 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 of some sort of material, whether it's from hard clay, hardened clay, or it's made out of metal, whatever it is. But there's a halal in it. In other words, there's a, there's a space in the wall of the oven that I can pour stuff in. And I put actual coals in that space. In other words, near the coals, there's a place where I actually pour water. Uh-huh. So that, well, isn't that like a muliar? No. Because kira dof noav. Because the, the wall of the kira is very thick. <laughs> and the ore is tarder betocha. And, and even if I've cleared it out, it's a spot that you always are putting coals in. It always has heat in it. The whole week it's been hot. And therefore, its walls are always hot. And therefore, even though I've cleared it from coals, the water that's in this hollow spot in my oven is going to get hotter as Shabbos continues. There's going to be more hevel. The water isn't going to just stay at a nice, a nice decent hot temperature. It's going to get actually even more warm. That's Rava. That's what a bakery is. Meaning there's a pocket in the oven. Bay, like a bias. There's a pocket in the oven that you can put the um, you put the water in. Rav Nachem Bar Amar Beidudi. What's Beidudi? Yoregedola. It's a huge pot, Rashi says. Osin Shulayim. It has two bottoms. So what does that mean? In between the two layers, you put the coals. And the water is on the top. So that is of that is the Beidu day. Okay? So there you have two sections with the coals on the bottom. But it's not an oven. It's pretty it's more similar to the Samavar. So that's the question. What did the mission mean when it said the Antiche has a problem from using it on Shabbos? So we have two interpretations of Antiche. Let's go back to the Gemara now. Rabbis said it's the Beikire. Nachman Reitzah said it's the Beidude. So now the Gemara makes the obvious thing. Man, the Amr Beidude, if it's the one with the two bottoms, like a Muliar, well, Koshken Beikire you can't use. Madoch, this is considered too much heat. For sure, when it's a section in the oven itself, it's bad. Man, the Yomer Beikire, if you hold like Raba, then the item that we know is the Beidude, you would be allowed to use it on Shabbos. But there's a Brisa like Rav Nachman that says what? Tanya Gavasa the Rav Nachman, Antiche Afalbi Shegrufa Vikatuma, even though you took the coals out, ain't Shosanimena, all right, Mipnei Shenachoshta Mechamamta, 
Nechoshta means it's 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 the floor. The floor, the bottom of it, is what heats it. In the in the kire, in the oven, it's not the bottom of the oven. It's actually on the side. It's actually a hollow in the side of the oven. From here, it seems that the water is being heated by the floor, meaning that the coals are underneath it. And what we're talking about is basically like a type of samovar. So even that's oser. And for sure, the halal in the oven is oser. And that would be an issue of Sheatosis wonders, why is this worse? than what we learned before a couple of days ago, that what, if you do shahiyah b'isr, that the food doesn't become usr. Why is this Mishnah seem to usr that? And Tosas has a different shot in the Gemara than Rashi, but we'll stick with Rashi's shot. Next. Hamechem shepinu, let's say you have a thermos that you seem to have gotten rid of something from it, either the water, it had hot water in it, don't pour cold in it. Why? Because you'd like to get some decent water. You have super cold water that you have from the well. Ooh, it's cold. I can't drink it. It's too cold. So you pour it into your hot water thermos. Hmm. Is that okay? It says you're not allowed to. You could put it into it. Or you can put it in a cup. You can put the cold water into a cup, in order to that it shouldn't be as cold. Now again, Yechamu would be even hotter. It should be nice and warm. Hafshiran means that it's uh, lukewarm. So one second. This is my kamar. You tell me you're not supposed to put cold water in it. And then you say you can put it. It says no sinulatoko. What is it? Yes or no? You have to know what the Mishnah means. Rabbi, you're freezing. You're freezing. Okay, can you hear me now? Can yeah. everybody? Okay. So, what happened here was there isn't any cold water. What is it? There's, there's no hot water in it at all. There is cold water, I mean. But there's no hot water. It, it was a thermos. You poured all the hot water out of it. So now it's still hot from the water. And now you have some cold water from the well. You can't put just a little bit of water in. Because every little piece of water you put in is going to get heated up. It's like Bishel. It's like at least at the Rabbanon Bishel. It's like it now cooked the water. So what do you do? You put a lot of water in. No And that will, of course, since it's a lot of cold water, it's not going to get nice and warm, but it'll get lukewarm, and that won't be an israel. That is allowed to do. Kadei Shiran. That's what the Mishnah means. So the Gemara says, Mahalo. Hello, Mitzarif. But we know what that does. That actually is another malacha. That's a malach of what? That's a malach, as Rashi says. It's, it, it, the mecham is made out of metal. And now you're putting cold water in. That strengthens the thermos. That's the way a metal worker does. That makes it, like we saw before, 
from the hot water that was in it, it really caused it to start breaking apart, making bubbles in it. The core of Lishaver, and it could break. Now you put the cold water in, the cold water seals it. The cold water is mitzarifit. So l'chorah, this is a malacha of a makavipatish. You've actually made the vessel better. So how could you put the cold water in? Your purpose is not to strengthen the vessel. Your purpose is to have some lukewarm water. So you're allowed to do it, even though Derech Agav, a malacha gets done. Similar to what we talked about, dragging a chair, right? You're dragging a chair, you're making a groove on the ground. Your purpose is to get the chair to the table, even though a malacha has done the same thing over here. That's what our Mishnah means. Maskafli Abaya, Abaya says, wait. What did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, Hamechem Shepinuhu. It doesn't say that there's no water in it. It, it says the mecham has been moved. Abaya says. It doesn't say the water was taken out of it. It says mecham shepinuktani. The mecham has been moved. It still has water in it. And therefore, I'm going to say a different shot than you out of Baraba. Yes, you take it off the heat. You take, you take it what? You take the thermos from off the heat that it's sitting there. And there's still hot water in it. It's the Klirish, and it got cooked up in there, but it's not on the ore anymore. What did the Mishnah mean? Don't put a little bit of water in. Because a little bit of water, that would be considered bishul, even though it's not on the fire, but it's a clearishon off the fire, that's like a din bishul on the water. But you can put a lot of water in, because you put a lot of water in, what happens is, is that it won't get cooked. Because the amount of water is so great, cooking never happens, and all you're going to get is but, but, but what you were talking about, Adabaraba, which is Mechem Shepina, that Mayim, that there's no water in it at all, the Mishnah's not talking about that. Lo yitain Mayim Koikir. There should be no water put in it at all. Why? Why not Koikir? Because if there's no water in, and now you're putting water, What's going to happen? That's going to strengthen it. Okay. And I actually want to say, Abaya, that our mission is not like Rav Shimon. It's like Rav Yehuda. That's why what the Mishnah says, the only heter is if there's water in it. If there's water in it. If there's no water in it, you can't put any water in. Because putting water in, even though your purpose, a lot of water is to cool it off, it's not going to be bishul, but your purpose is what? Your purpose is to have warm water, but since Derech Agav, you're also doing another malachet oser. So Abaya disagrees with Adabarav and says our Mishnah holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Now Amarav, Rav said, Shanu, this that you're telling me that you can put cold water in, is ever lahafshir. That's only if we're talking about, as we said, that you want lukewarm water. Avalitzarev oser. 
but to strengthen the keli is also. That's what we have Rav and Shmuel. Now that sounds crazy, the Gemara says. How could Shmuel say that? With Kavana to do Tziruf? I understand if it's a Dermashrein and Miskaven. You could have, like we saw before, Adabarava. But now it sounds like there's no water in it, and you're putting water in it to strengthen the keli. You want it to be a nice, strong thermos again, so you pour water in it again. How could you do that on Shabbos? That can't be what Shmuel means. And that's probably not what Rav was talking about either. So what's this machlokas Rav and Shmuel? we got to review it. This is probably what they meant. I see. In other words, the shear. In other words, the shear is what? Let me see from Rashi. Meaning, what is the amount that will actually strengthen this keli, that it won't break and it's nice and firm again, this metal thermos? Not a little bit of water and not even a decent amount. You've got to fill it to the top. That's what Rob says. What is it that you're allowed to do is the amount that just cools it off. But if you put so much in that you're filling it to the top, you obviously want more than, than what? You want more than having warm water. You're trying to fill it to the top because that's the way you actually strengthen the keli that we say don't do it all the way. Shmuel says even if the amount you put in is the amount that's usually put in to strengthen the keli, it's mutter. Why? Remember, the Shmuel Kerib Shimon Svirle. Shmuel Kerib Shimon. Because Shmuel says, I, look, you want it full. Even though it's true, part of you knows that this is the amount that's going to actually, uh, this is the amount that's going to strengthen the keli, it's still mutter. That means shmuel to Shima. The dover, right? The dover, right? The dover shenu miskavein is mutter. Just one second. Amr shmuel, shmuel to Shimon. We know shmuel says, mechaben gacheles shel mateches perishus harabim. Let's say a, um, before Shabbos, uh, a, 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 a blacksmith was working in his shop and he was cutting metal and some of the metal uh, sprung out of his shop and there's hot metal, hot like anything, that, that's rolling around in Rishus Harabim. So Shmuel says what you're allowed to do as it's sitting there in Rishus Harabim, people could, 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 could get injured by it. You're allowed to go out and pour water on it and cool it off on Shabbos. Why? Because if anybody, it's going to get night and people are going to bump into this hot thing. So you could go on Shabbos and pour water on it or cool it down. So now it's no longer this, 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 this uh, piece of metal that's hot like anything. But if what we're talking about is a piece of wood, it's a coal of wood, 
There, that's a problem. Why? Esau kadaitach savlekerim shimon. If you don't take him shimon, afivul shul nami. Why? Because what is the purpose of making of? Uh, there's a melacha called extinguishing, called kibui. What is that melacha about? That melacha is about taking coals that were burning and extinguishing them in order for them to work better the next time. The whole idea of kibui is because you want to use it better the next time. Like we talked about by the psila on Shabbos. You, you light it and then extinguish it in order to have a better functioning object. But if your purpose is to just extinguish, because you don't want the flame, that's not a malacha minatayra. That's not the purpose, according to Rav Shimon. That's called a dover, that's called a malacha shenitzrika lagufa. So if that's true, if you hold like Rav Shimon, you should also allow pouring water on the gacheles of eights. In other words, the gacheles of matechet, it's not even, it's, there's not even shayach adin the rabbonon there. Why? Because even though it can definitely burn you, it's not connected to kibuy at all. There's no way by putting water and cooling down that metal that you're now going to be able to reuse it. Whereas the coals or the woods that are, that are in there, that, those actually become better by extinguishing them. So that's a malacham in if you have the right kavana. So that could be the reason why Shmuel says you can't extinguish that. Obviously, if it's a kanas you're going to do whatever you can, possibly. But here, you're just worried about a chash of it hurting someone. So let's read it again. Even though you're dealing with a coal, something out of wood, still, it's not a malacha and therefore it should be mutter to do the same way you allowed, because there's obviously a tzorach rabim here, so it, it, it's, it's, it's only at the rabbanon we should get rid of it. Mar says, Shimon of Shmuel, Holtak of Shimon in one thing. The Dabr Shainamiskavin, like the case of the chair, like the case of pouring water into the uh, to the hot empty thermos, Savakarim Shimma. But Malakash Trikalagufa, when it comes to here where you're definitely you have intent to do the Malacha. And again, you want to do kibui, but you're not doing kibui like the reason of, of the Torah. You're doing kibui to get rid of the flame, not to reuse it. He holds like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rav Shimon. That's why Shmuel didn't allow you to pour the cold water on the hot coal from wood that was in Rosh Hashanah. If this is true, since when it comes to Yisuri de Rabbonon, you're allowed to be matir Yisuri de Rabbonon if you're afraid of the possibility of damages. When you have a thorn that somebody could hurt themselves with, Malicho, you could tear, carry it, Pachos, Pachos, Midamad Amos. So even though it's in Rosh Sarabim, and going less than four Amos is an Isra de Rabbonon, not an Isra de Raisa, like the complete Dalad Amos, but that Isra de Rabbonon is waived because of the Tzerach Rabbim. Right? The same way these other Isra de Rabbonon of, of, of pouring water on the Gacheles. 
is an Isra the Rabbonon, and according to the Havamina that eights was the Rabbonon, you can pour water on it to cool it down. The coats, you're allowed to do an Isra the Rabbonon to get the coats, to get the thorn away from people. And Carmel is, though, where it's definitely even at the Rabbonon itself, so there you can even walk with it even more. You can even take it and don't have to stop every four Amas. You can carry it completely and get it out of people's way. So that's the Gemara for today. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.